DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake that ass up. The Breakfast Club is on. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me. In return, I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, The Breakfast Club is where people get the information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Back to the work week. I got some amazing headphones on right now. They say they're 4D headphones. I can't tell you how amazing everything sounds in this room right now. The more Ds, the better. You got 4Ds on your ears? He loves the Ds, the better. And he got a D on his head right now, too. Well, that's for Dreamville. Yeah, all right. That's for Dreamville. All right. Earth King gave us this uh, nice Dreamville merchandise, and, you know, Dreamville is 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 a label established by a brother from North Carolina, so... Okay. I have no problem putting this on. D's on your ears and D on your head. That's hey, how he man. likes it. Start a Monday morning grab. Uh, whatever. How, whatever. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> okay. saying. You sound like you had a great weekend. Whatever. You know what I mean? I can hear very well. All right. Yes. The D makes you hear better. <laughs> I got four D's. I'm serious. These headphones are four right. D. Y'all laughing. I never heard of four D headphones. I heard of 4K, what's that, 4K TV? That's what yes. it is? Mm-hmm. I never heard of four D headphones, but whatever Especially it is. For you. Woo, this sounds incredible. Four D's in your ear. Keep talking. Yeah, did you have a great weekend Woo! like him? See, like your weekend was amazing. Listen, my weekend, as you know, was a lot. Uh, the juice bar got broken into on Friday, so I had mm-hmm. to deal with that. But got everything back together again. Had to get a new glass, a new register, yeah. you know, do all kinds of things. So I basically spent Friday and Saturday handling all of those things, but we are good to go. Well, Maybe. listen, man, you got to drop clues bombs for healthy burglars, right? Like... <laughs> They didn't steal no juices or no. Yeah, no, he just took whatever was little. It's just silly though, nothing, no no fruit. But we have everything on video. But it's crazy because we only keep two hundred dollars in the register, so it's not like used to keep. Well, yeah, not anymore (laughs) now. But that's just a change. That's a lot of change for in the morning. So when people come in and they buy stuff, you know, there's some singles and buys. But now we just, you know, have it somewhere else. You say only two hundred dollars. That two hundred dollars changed somebody's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, I don't think it changed anybody's life. But the thing is, Shit. imagine doing all of that because it costs so much more money to replace the glass. Yeah, uh, fortunately, the mm-hmm. yeah, the register was. It, they didn't take the computer with the register, just the actual register, and then that was that. There used to be a time they break in the liquor stores, chicken spots, mm-hmm. check cash in place. Now I guess they. Stepped up. Nah, whatever Ho- they can. Holistic burglars. Nah, whatever they <laughs> But shout out to everybody who showed so much support, though, over the weekend, because a lot of our customers were really disappointed. And apparently, there's been a lot of break-ins in bed because once that happened, a lot of business owners, there was another store uh, down the block from us. It's a pet grooming place, and they broke into that place the same morning, too. And then Tilly's, you know, the restaurant that I go to all the time that my friend Dahlia owns, they broke the glass, but they couldn't get all the way in uh, to her restaurant through the next door. Listen, America, people are starving. Yes, they are. People are hurting. They're still waiting for another stimulus check. Folks out here is hurting. Yes. So they will try to get you for $200 because guess what? They have zero. And when you have zero, $200 is a lot of money. 
Yeah. I mean, that's in everything. That's where if you go into the ATM, if you yep. go into 7-Eleven, if you're, if you're stepping outside your car, don't leave anything in your car. Yep. Not a bag, not a nothing. Because, it, like he said, people are hungry. People are, starving, people are hurt. Man. They're starving. They need money. And at this point, if the government is not helping, they're going to do whatever they got to do right. to feed their family. So we just got to be extra careful. I tell it to my kids every day before they leave the house. I tell it to my wife before she leaves the house. Just be extra well, careful. Blessed that everybody was safe and nobody got hurt. Yeah, amen to that. And they ain't even take a banana. Nope. No nope. fruit was That's missing. all you wanted, a banana. Like, you see, the, <laughs> see what he said? Man, shut he up, said, man. He said he got four shots no in there. He no got a deal was missing no, all like, they didn't he asked pl- about was a banana. Take an eggplant? Yeah. <laughs> no fruit was missing That's at all. all no vegetables? They just went straight for the money, If huh? somebody stole a banana or the eggplant, we knew we, we'd know exactly yeah. where to go. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we know exactly where to go. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about, Yee? Well, let's talk about Texas and give some updates there. Some people are seeing electricity bills for like $17,000. That is crazy. How? They did a... Well, she'll explain when we come back. All right, it's the Breakfast Club. Go ahead. <laughs> this is a wild rule, man. I'm not even mad at it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Dan, pay. come here, Dan. Dan, come here, Dan. Dan, come here. Come here, Dan. He said, he said, Come no, here, no. Dan. Said no, 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 no. Dan gonna walk in here just now talking about yeah, 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 yeah. We gay. And then I was like, that's what? the remix. He was like, people been saying that. I'm like, who is people? I never heard those balls till just now. <laughs> I never heard those. Jesus balls Christ. Dan. I thought it was yeah, yeah, yeah. We pay. <laughs> All right, but let's get some front page news. What is going on this morning? What we saw? It's Monday. Well, <laughs> officials in Texas are investigating some people who have outrageous energy bills. One person said they got a $7,000 bill from his utility company. Another person said they had to pay $17,000. And there's nothing they could do about it because it came right out of his account. I guess he has direct payment set up. Now, the way this is happening is that, for instance, there's a one energy company called Gritty. And the way that they provide the energy, they charge a market rate. And that market rate varies depending on current power prices. Now, according to their website, customers pay exactly the price that they buy electricity at. But because of the winter storm, their pricing shot up. So in Texas, you can choose to pay for a fixed plan instead. And Gritty started to encourage uh, people to do that. But unfortunately, I don't know what's going to happen. They are investigating. But shouldn't the bill be cheaper because they didn't have power for days? No, some people still had power. These are people who had power. Oh, it serves. Like she said, did the wholesale price and then it served. But $17,000. Can you imagine for a couple of days? I can't. Now, a family of a boy who died during the Texas winter storm is suing ERCOT and Entergy for $100 million. That's their power company. And they're saying it was gross negligence. The home had been without power since the Sunday before, and their son died on Tuesday, uh, Christian Mm. Pavone. And the family is uh, saying that... Obviously, you know, the, uh, because of the power not being available, that's why their son died. He had hypothermia. He had on a shirt, Damn. a sweater, two pairs of pants, socks, two blankets. They tried to wake him up Tuesday afternoon. He was unresponsive mm-hmm. and they tried to call 911. But now they're suing. That's wow. horrible. Who, who's the blame for this? Is it the negligence of, you know, the city that they're in? Is it just... You know, the, the, the a, a, a coincidence because of Mother know. Nature. Like it's an act of God. That's right? what I'm saying. It Who, is an act of God, but I mean, I guess they're saying that he should be people should be prepared, but you can't prepare for everything. No, you can't. Well, I think Texas has a whole different um, the way that their state operates. It's independent. It's not sanctioned so, by the government. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that's kind of what the problem is, and they had the opportunity to change the system, but they never did, and 
That's why all this is happening. Texas isn't sanctioned by the government. What does that mean? As far as power is concerned, like they have their own separate grid that's, if I'm right, it's not sanctioned by the government. government. So when it goes out, it's pretty much on Texas to get it back up and running where every place else is sanctioned by the government where they look at things and they winterize and they're saying that Texas is not on the same I grid. didn't know that. Damn, somebody mm-hmm. schooled me on that. I need to, I want, I want more of that information. Yeah, I think um, what they are, they, they have something called ERCOT. E-R-C-O-T. So if you want to uh, check that out, then you can see what the whole situation is. They have a power grid that's run by ERCOT, and they said that's what set them up for failure in that state. Mm. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open again. 800-585-1051. Let us know how your weekend was. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm dialing. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm dialing. I'm calling you. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. (laughs) Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Bernadette. Hey, Hey, Bernadette. Bernadette. Good morning. Get it off your chest. Well, actually, I'm calling this morning. Oh, good morning, by the way. Good morning. morning. Um, Today is my little brother's birthday, and I just want to say happy, happy birthday to Walter Brown, Jr., how old Happy is Walter birthday. Brown Jr.? Oh, he's my little brother, but he's 42. Okay. Dropping the clues bombs for WBJ Big 42 this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Mama. Okay. Well, have a great day. Appreciate you. You too. All right, Mama. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Chaz, out of Dallas, Texas. Chaz, out of what's Dallas, up, Texas, boy? bro. The D. The big D. Uh, first time caller, but long term listener. And I want to say, first of all, thank you individually for everything that you all do for the culture. Charlemagne, uh, I thank you because a couple of years ago, um, I had to drive just getting out of the hospital to go get my son because he had a mental breakdown. Um, and I drove from Texas to Mississippi with IVs in my arm, and I discovered mm. your book. And it helped me and it helped my son. So you saved my life, man. Wow. That's Thank you, King. Is, Which book? Um, your first one. Uh, Black Privilege? Uh, 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 yeah. Thank you, brother. Wow. Appreciate that. Uh, I recently just uh, got this shook. I'm I'm an audible guy. I move around a lot, so I really can't read. And I think my intake, I understand better whenever I listen. And I love the passion in your voice because you make me feel, you know, like you, you know. So, yeah. Thank you for all of that. All love, my brother. Salute to you and your son. Uh, I've been listening lately, and I, I see that you all uh, have some free counseling that you all have been giving away. Yeah, from Talkspace. You want some? Man, I would love it. Eddie, can we bless him with some Talkspace courtesy of RCA Records and uh, the, uh, our guy Toby? Yes, sir. We got you. Six months of Talkspace for you. And share some of that with your son. It's done deal, my brother. What's your name? My name is Troy. Troy, we're going to put you on hold. We're going to get you blessed with that, with that talk space courtesy of RCA Records and our guy Toby, okay? Can I do one more thing? Can I plug my company right fast, man? Of course. I represent a company called Legal Shield, and we give 24-hour access to an attorney for anything that you could ever need. If you're driving and you're pulled over, you know, in the time that we're living in now, uh, black men and black women, we scared to even roll down the window. Well, with the service that I uh, represent and offer to America, as the police officer is rolling up, is, is walking up to your car, you can pull out your phone, 
and push a button and you won't get a computer, but you will get a live attorney that can be there with you the whole step of the way. They cover any other thing that you ever need an attorney for, too. And I just believe that it's one of the most valuable things that a person can have on their phone for less than $25 a month. That's an amazing idea. It just sucks that I'd be scared to reach for my phone while I'm in the, well, in the well, presence on, of the brother, Hold on, Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Mike, how are y'all doing? Mike, what's up? Get Mike. it off your chest. Hey, first time caller, long time listener. Like you said, you pointed to DJ Angelique, Charlamagne the God. What up, Mike? And, uh, hey, uh, Charlamagne, thanks for all the help with the good books, my brother. Envy, thank you for your credit, dude, and helping with the credit. Hit 725 by my first home in August. Hey, hey. I like that. Yeah, and uh, Angela, always thanks for the good advice and helping out people and their couples. And, uh, you know, I'm just feeling blessed as a truck driver out here. Being able to provide for my family and being able to spoil them as well. Man, we appreciate you, King. Salute to all the truck drivers. Truck drivers be showing Breakfast Club love. Bro. Absolutely, man. And thank you for calling in. I know it's his first time calling. We appreciate you. There you go. Blow the horn. Hey, there you, go. you know, Envy loves that's that. Right, that's right. You call the Breakfast you Club, right you know now. you got to blow something. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, who's this? <laughs> Hello, it's Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Now, Jessica, it says you tried to shoot your shot at dramas before? Yes, so I saw my shot with dramas a couple of months ago, and I just wanted to tell y'all, have a praise report. That was the biggest blessing. Bye, dramas. Hello to everyone in the room except for dramas. Wow. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Good morning, everyone but dramas. You must have called him when he was beardless. When he's beardless, he's gay. It's true. Now I told y'all that the beard was you know, attracted me to him, but I, I ain't even on, dramas ain't even on my radar. No He's more. a shady. Uh, Talk, tell me okay. about the experience, man. Shut I want to hear all about this. You, you, spoke, you had a conversation with him? Well, I shot my shot on air. You guys looked at my Instagram. You were like, oh, yeah, this might be the time where you'll fall in love with the listener. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And dramas just straight up hung up on me. Like, wow. Hey, Whoa. I got a girl. That's not I'm nice dramas. You didn't say that. You can still be polite, dramas. He didn't say that until after he hung up on me. Like, see, that's another person of color. Wow. I think my finger slipped. I didn't hung Dramos is one of those Puerto Ricans who think they white. No. No, that's not true. He Damn waits. He so puts now white your on finger the slipped. He always run that my finger slipped thing. Well, I'm sorry for you, Jessica. Exactly. That's better so out there I for you. I just wanted to say good morning. I got a beautiful black king now. Hey, hey. That's right. Hey. That's right, baby. Chocolate See? deluxe, not no butter peeking, reeking. God will remove yes. all those obstacles from your life. I'm sure this is way better for you. You said God will remove yes. all those testicles from your life. <laughs> What'd you say? He? Obstacles. And I oh. Also Instagram is J-E-S-S-B-R-I underscore. Wait, how you got a man and you shut out your Instagram? That don't make no sense. What? No, don't try to talk now, drama. I'm just saying, why you shut If you got a man, why you shut out your Instagram? You're flustered right now. You're not making any sense. Don't worry about you. You got to say, I'm just you're flustered and not making any sense. can you... Can you let her shout out her Instagram? Why are you always hating on this morning? Well, I'm not hating. I'm just saying. It's a little weird. Go ahead, so Jessica. Go just breathe. Go ahead. Dramos, what did I ever do to you? Oh, my God. You weren't a guy. <laughs> he only cheats with guys. Shut up, man. Jessica. <laughs>
Yeah, 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 we gay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. See? I'm glad you know. All right, Jessica. Well, anyway, thank you. the reason I was shouting out my Instagram is because I want Angela to follow me. Oh, my God. Okay, you know I got you, girl. What is it? Follow me. It's J-E-S-S-B-R-I underscore. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I got yeah. you, Jess. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, we Jess, appreciate you. Thank you, guys. So, bye. bye to everyone except for drama. <laughs> <laughs> Get it off your chest. He's not real bitter, by the five, way. 585-105. One call us now. We got rumors on the way, E? Oh, and she fly, too. You messed up, Dramos. I got a girl. I didn't mess up. Mm-hmm. You ain't got no damn girl. Shut Much up, respect man. to his girl, though. Puerto Rican. But you can still be, you can still be polite. You can still be polite. Okay. All right, let's talk about Adrian Broner and Naomi Osaka wins over the weekend. All right, we'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, there were reports that 4-2 Doug and Roddy Rich had a video shoot in Atlanta, and reportedly there was gunfire. Three people were shot, according to WSB-TV. Well, 4-2 Doug and Little Baby weren't live, and here's what they said. Why is that you got shot? <laughs> Man, they say all type of whole shit on me. Hey. One thing about the internet, they give your ass a week at a time. Yeah, man, y'all saw that fake Man, we, don't, yeah. we ain't been around no gun shooting, none of that. I'm just glad he wasn't shot or nothing happened to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, at first they were trying to say that 42 Doug was the one that got shot. He was in critical condition. But as you can see, he's fine from the video that they posted. But mm-hmm. well, they did say some right. people did get shot, though, right? Yeah, three yeah they did say three people got shot. All right, now let's discuss a fight over the weekend, but this is a sanctioned fight. This was Adrian Broner. He actually won this fight, and here's what he had to say afterwards. How different will we see now going forward? Like now, are you going right back to training? See, that's the thing. See, that's the thing. It is a different AB. What happened was I only had $13 coming into this fight. We didn't flip that to about $13 million. So, 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 so a lot of things go change. Listen, I ain't going to lie. For the rest of the weekend, we're going to pop bottles, cash checks, and have sex. But on Monday, it's back to kicking ass and hitting bags, though. I'm glad AB... He beat Giovanni Santiago with a unanimous decision. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad AB won his fight, even though mm-hmm. the judges' scores were way wider than the fight actually was. I'm glad he won, though. AB is highly entertaining. And um, if AB would have actually... If he starts letting his hands go more and throws more punches, he, he, he would have won that fight easily. But he's still a little gun-shy for some reason in that ring. He don't, throw, he don't All right. throw, throw as many punches as he used to. Now let's talk about Naomi Osaka. She won the Australian Open. And in her victory speech, she was talking to Jennifer Brady. And here's what went down. They tried to say that this was trolling, but it was a mistake. Listen to this. Um, I want to come. Do you like to be called Jenny or Jennifer? <laughs> Jenny. Okay. Firstly, I want to congratulate Jennifer. Drop one of the clues bombs for Naomi Osaka Look, she's the winner Okay, when she's the winner She can say and do what she wants All right, I prefer Jennifer Is that okay with you, Jenny? All right Well, Naomi Osaka took the social media and said OMG, no, with some sad and crying face emojis I promise you, my mind thought I called her Jenny in that moment And I was so confused why the crowd was laughing I'm so sorry That's funny Not as sorry as Jennifer was after (laughs) Jenny Jenny now, you know, GQ did a Modern Lovers issue, and Naomi Osaka is, of course, dating Corday. Uh, 
I guess, formerly YBN Corday, but just Corday now. Mm -hmm. And he got candid about, you know, going through their relationship. He didn't know she was as famous as she was. And he said he attended the 2020 U.S. Open in support of her. And he said, it's not my sport. If you asked me about tennis before being immersed in it because of Naomi, I could only give you Venus and Serena Williams, you know, because they're just a part of the culture. He said he felt really out of place when he went to the 2019 U.S. Open to support her. He said, I don't know if I ever told Naomi this or not. But I felt really out of place. He said that was his first tennis match ever. And he said that that was my first time being in an environment like that in my entire life. My elementary school, middle school, high school was 99.9% black kids who look like me. It just felt really weird for me being in that space. That was my first tennis match ever. Yeah, I don't watch tennis either, but there's certain people you'll stop and watch, right? Like when Venus and Serena used to be on TV, you'll stop and watch that. And I definitely ended up watching um, Naomi on Saturday night. It came mm -hmm. on really late. I didn't know what the hell was going on. But, but, tennis, I, but I stopped and watched. Tennis is actually a great game. I played tennis as a kid. I worked at the U.S. Open. Me and my wife play tennis now. It's great for cardio. It's 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 a yeah, very it's fun great. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Man, kids play too. I can see why you would like it. Men in short shorts, a lot of balls going around. I can totally mm -hmm. see why Envy would enjoy that. He's even dressed like a tennis ball this morning. That's, yeah. Well, that's it sounds what, like you I mean, might take up the for? sport as well, Charlamagne. You want to play later? <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. And by the way, All anybody right. who says tennis players aren't athletes, they're a goddamn lie. No, they athletes. Oh, my gosh. That's a very athletic sport. You got to do a a lot of cardio. You got to have that upper arm strength. Yep. And you got to keep your eye All right. on the ball. Mm -hmm. Now, Young Blue gifted Boosie Badass $100,000 in cash for being his first coach. So here's what it went like. So is Young Blue Boosie artist? Yeah. Is he? I didn't think so. Yeah. Yeah. He told us he was uh, Boosie's artist. So oh, Wow. Okay. We're dropping the clues bombs for Boosie Badass. Mm -hmm. Young Blue is a nice artist to have under your belt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Missy. Now we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yes. And let's talk about a whole school board who had to resign. We'll tell you what happened. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Right. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with these new claims surrounding Malcolm X's assassination. Now, this is a letter that was written by a former NYPD officer on his uh, deathbed. And according to Ray Wood, he said he was serving as an undercover officer on the day of Malcolm X's death. And he did say that he participated in actions that in hindsight were deplorable and detrimental to the advancement of my own people. Uh, according to his uh, letter, he said it was my assignment to draw the two men into a felonious federal crime. That was uh, the two men that were accused of assassinating uh, Malcolm X. He said that uh, he did that so they could be arrested by the FBI and kept away from managing Malcolm X's door security on February 21st. So what happened was Malcolm X didn't have his regular security detail. These two men were accused of planning to uh, dynamite the Statue of Liberty and all kinds of other things. And they were accused of being terrorists. So because they were not available, that's how the FBI was able to uh, get in and kill Malcolm X at Manhattan's Audubon Ballroom. Mm. Yeah, it's always amazed me that the same government who took out every black leader and found a way to dismantle every black organization during that time somehow convinced the world it was the NOI who plotted against and assassinated Brother Malcolm. Like just because now, you Ray, oh, go ahead. Ray Wood's cousin who wrote the book, The Ray Wood Story, published um, 
earlier this month described his cousin to Good Morning America as a good man that was tricked and forced to betray his own people. He was a good man that was tricked and forced to betray his own people. And he felt guilt and remorse for that for 56 years. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I guess they told him that uh, they were going to pin all these crimes on him if he told. So he actually wrote that letter and gave his cousin to a uh, permission to release that while after he died. Once again, it's always amazed me that the same government who took out every black leader and found a way to dismantle every black organization somehow convinced us it was the NOI who plotted against and assassinated Brother Malcolm. Just because you can get a person to flip on his own people doesn't mean you blame the whole organization. It's Judas in our midst at all times. Did, uh, did Judas and the Black Messiah not teach us that? But once again, the same government, J. Edgar Hoover and his game, took out every black leader and found a way to dismantle every black organization, but somehow convinced us uh, it, it was the NOI who plotted against and assassinated Brother Malcolm. Yeah, three <laughs> members of the NOI were convicted of his murder. So he said that if he didn't uh, follow these orders, he would end up uh, getting threatened with arrest by pinning marijuana and alcohol trafficking charges if he didn't follow through with assignments. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. This is what this situation was. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, an entire school board resigned after forgetting that their WebEx call was public. So they were having a whole conversation, not knowing that the recording was already going. And it was um, the Oakland Union Elementary School District's Board of Trustees. And they were bad mouthing parents during this. It's a, a video. And one member said, are we alone? And then this happened. If you're going to call me out, I'm going to you up <laughs> and they don't know what we right. behind the scenes and it's really unfortunate exactly. that they want to pick on us because right. they want their babysitters back what's the problem she, uh, yeah well i guess it was she said uh she said if somebody complains bitch i'm gonna f you up and then she's saying they just want their babysitters back and they were saying all kinds of things for about eight minutes. So all of them did end up resigning because the parents were actually listening Man, during this virtual board meeting. Teachers should be allowed to vent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but a lot of people don't want their babysitters back. They want their kids to be able to learn. Ain't no matter about being a babysitter. I think it's... I yeah, think I don't know if you want those people on the board yeah, that yeah. don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a combination you know, the, of it all. I think it's a combination mm -hmm. of it all. What, babysitting? I mean, come on now. What? You do want your kids back in school so they can learn. I do. But it is good it is good to get them out the house too. For themselves as well. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> However you want to word it. For themselves okay. as well. But yes. And and who's looking out for the teachers at a time like this? We just told the story last week about how they were saying, you know, teachers should be vaccinated before they uh, go back into the schools and we agree, right? Because Correct. the teachers are high risk. Right. Nobody nobody cares about the, the teachers right now. Everybody's like, yo, get the kids back in school, get the kids back in school, but what about the teachers? Well, you know, uh, part of being on the school board, though, is that you are supposed to listen and understand and listen to both sides of things. So if you're on the board and you're already saying I'm a F you up, if you if you try to call me out, I don't know if I feel confident in that I, person being on the board. I bet you things could get done a lot faster and a lot smoother if they had real conversation. If that conversation yeah. those teachers were having amongst each other, they could actually have but with you don't the parents. Want no, you don't want no teachers saying, I'm going to F you up. Unless I mean, the parents say It don't got to get to that. They ain't got to go there. But they can still be allowed to vent truthfully and honestly. They should be able to say uh, how they really feel about things. Except for the F and you up part. Except for that. Mm -hmm. But guess what? 
We say that too. <laughs> like, boy, I teach. I'll f that teacher up if they do f such and such to my child. And I and I know it's a, a big concern for a lot of parents whose students aren't in school right now. It's not the same as you guys have been saying learning online. One parent said, "I don't need a babysitter. I'm actually a stay-at-home mom, it but sucks. I do want my child back in school." Yeah, yeah, it sucks. I feel so sorry for my 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 oldest daughter because she's 12 and she had to spend half her sixth grade jail on the Zoom. Now mm -hmm. it's a mixture of both. Some this is Zoom for a couple hours, then she got to go to school. Mm -hmm. Like that's just. That's not right for them kids. I can't sit on a Zoom for an hour. So imagine a kid staying on there the whole day I'm to learn. It's, it's, it's almost impossible. I, I saw this college professor get frustrated because he was talking to a kid. He didn't realize the kid was deaf. Man. And so he's thinking the kid's just being slow and, and not paying him no attention and not responding to him fast enough. So he got upset. It's just like, come on, man. This Zoom is difficult for everybody. It is. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Speaking now, of teachers. Speaking of teachers. <laughs> now, Yee, you have the uh, the the teacher. I mean, the story uh, of the teacher that that uh, uses some heroin. His name is <laughs> Carl Hart. He's from Columbia University. He's a professor of psychology and neuroscience, mm -hmm. and he's a he he chairs the psych department. Okay. And he has a fondness for heroin. What do you mean? Like yeah, he thinks we should legalize drugs. He said it helps him maintain a work-life balance, and it should be legal for everyone. Well, even more than that, he put out a book called Drug Use for Grown-Ups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. And he says there aren't many things in life that he enjoys more than a few lines by the fireplace at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. His words verbatim. He said heroin leaves him refreshed and prepared to face another day. Okay. Now, he's already worked legally with drugs, including marijuana, cocaine, and heroin for more than 25 years. He studied drug users, and he's uh, been seeking to answer questions about the threats that drugs pose to mental and physical health. They said for most of that time, he wanted to prove that point that drugs are bad. Now he wants to be able to do them legally, and he said, you can too. He said, heroin is as recreational as alcohol use. No, it's not. All and right. by the way, I've never seen somebody talk about a drug binge so eloquently. All right. He was like, he did a little bit of heroin every day for 10 days straight. That's a binge. All right. Well, and then he even said he had withdrawals. Let's, let's open up the phone lines. All right. 800-585-1051. You can stay anonymous. <laughs> Do you use hard drugs to balance out your work and life? And we ain't talking about weed. I'm talking, we talking Not about weed. heroin, Coke, crack, cocaine. Crack. Okay. L LSD. Meth. Yeah. Whatever else. Any hard drug. And you can stay anonymous. We, we won't judge you. We just want to uh, hear your story and understand why. I want to know if there's more people out there like Carl Hart uh, that have, you know, that need this work-life balance. Work-life balance. <laughs> Do you use hard drugs? Call us up right now. 800-585-1051. And we don't want to hear from you weed heads. I know it's nah. you. Yo, I smoke every day. No, we're not talking to you. That's either. right. I that's all right. talking we, about we, you. We, we've come to work high. We don't want to talk to y'all. We understand that one. We get the weed part. Yeah, yeah, we get that part. But 800-585-1051. Let's have an adult conversation and you can stay anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. All right, pull out your, pull out your phone. Call in right now. Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club topic. Break, break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. If you just join us, we're talking about Dr. Carl Hart. Now, who is Dr. Carl Hart? He's a uh, Columbia University professor of psychology and neuroscience. He chairs the psych department at Columbia University. And he has a love, a fondness for heroin. 
Okay, he put out a book called Drug Use for Grown-Ups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. And he says there aren't many things in life that he enjoys more than a few lines by the fireplace at the end of the day. He said heroin leaves him refreshed and prepared to face okay. another day. I got to cut you off. Only thing go. is that he does go through withdrawal when he stops taking in. And he said it's so bad that he actually crushes up some sedatives so that he can go to sleep while the worst of the pain what do you mean? Uh, sets in. Yeah, you said that's the only thing bad about this? <laughs> no, I said, <laughs> I mean, that's one bad for him, for uh, him. All right, all right. Well, there's a lot that's of what he has to go through. I'm assuming nobody in this room does coke, crack, LSD, heroin. No. Like I've never tried any the of those The hardest things. drug I ever did was coke uh, when it was mixed in a blunt with marijuana. Um, I did it by accident back in the day. Great as yeah, I do ever. enjoy shrooms, and um, yep. I have done ecstasy before. I've never done none of that uh, edible or two, but that's about as far as I go. Just say no, but great as high ever. Can totally see why people do it. No, not at all. Hello, who's this? Talking about the coke and the weed, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what up, G? Who is this? What's up, What's man? Up, King? What's, What's your name? <laughs> what up, G? Just know this is a Colombo. Call me Coffee B. No. <laughs> okay. Okay, so crack is your drug. What you on now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know about crack, man, but you know, I be on a little bit of flow. I wake up in the morning, drive four in the morning, I pick up COVID swabs and blood. So, you know, I be drunk as hell sometimes from the club. Got to hit a line that wakes you up automatically, G. Okay, so cocaine no. is what gives you your work-life <laughs> balance. Bro, because I be drunk as after the club. So when I'm drunk Sir. after the club, you take a line, you wake up, you're not drunk no more. And what are you I, delivering? I, like, what are you delivering? He said COVID, COVID swabs. Oh, my goodness. How, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> uh, three years and only called off one day. <sighs> wow. So what's Dang. the longest uh, coke binge you've been on? Uh, I mean, I don't, I ain't did that much. I only, I'm little, little dog, man. I do like a gram the most a day. What the hell is you doing? A gram a day? Not if I part, like I don't do it every day, but when I party, when you go party and you get drunk, some reason when you get drunk and you take coke or you take a bean, it takes away your drunk. Like you still sober again. So you go drive, you know, you can walk around, do whatever you got to do. Okay. Except, All right. except, you know, leave your eyes big, but that's I yeah, wouldn't I recommend did. this at home, and you should not be driving uh, under the influence of anything. Alcohol or cocaine, sir? Yes, sir. Please, oh, yeah. please, please be safe, sir. Hello, who's this? Hey, yo, yo, this is Anonymous, man. It's Anonymous. How are you, crackhead? What is, what is your drug of choice? Meth. Meth. Meth? meth? Yes, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Meth head. How okay. often do you use meth? Uh, I feel like every other day. So what's your what is your regular life like? What's the balance? Because it's a work life balance. What do you do for work? Well, the meth wakes me up in the morning, and by the time I'm done with work, I'm already like all sobered up. It's time to go home. Where do you work? Oh, I don't want to see that, man. You're anonymous. I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> I'm anonymous. He doesn't want to say where he works, though. Hypothetically, where do you work? Uh, hypothetically, I work for a taxi company. A taxi? So you drive okay. people around? No, a packing company. Oh, a packing company. Oh, packing. Got you, got okay. you, got you, got you. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like you're addicted or have you ever tried to go to rehab or go without it? Uh, I, I honestly admit I am addicted. Well, I think you does need to go get help, you? my brother. Yeah, does that concern you? Uh, it doesn't look like I do it, so... Oh, you know, a, lot, a lot of people are shocked. You know, let, me, I, I, let me see your teeth. You gonna see his teeth through the radio? Let me see. <laughs> well, this sir, sad, I think you should bro. try you to need get to help, go get sir, help, man. This, this, this not, is not gonna end well, man.
I thought all meth messes up your teeth. All right, my brother. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I I do hope that you know you get the help that you deserve because whether you know it or not, you are addicted to meth, sir. Yes, you are. Yes, sir. I know. I'm I'm aware of it. And see, but that's well, so crazy because most people. Who I have wish an you well. I do. The first sign of addiction is denial. Denial, right? So yeah. when a person tells you that they know they have a problem, where you go from there? Well, I hope I hope people do wake up and try to get the help that they need because you know these drugs don't enter anything good. So. Yeah, I don't care what this guy says, even, you okay. know, call a heart. There, there's no way you can continue to, 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 to live that way. 800-585-1051. Are you a hard drug user? Do you need it to get your uh, day going? Let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it, man. I am in. I Call me. Add your opinion to The Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about uh, Dr. Carl Hart. I believe that's his name. Yes, Carl Hart. Carl Hart is a, uh, is a, he's a, he's a university professor of psychology and neuroscience at Columbia University, and he has a fondness for heroin. Right. So we're asking out there, is there anybody out, else out there that uses hard drugs to get by, to get through his day? Because Carl says heroin helps with his work-life balance. He says it's just like alcohol, it's just like a vacation. I don't agree, but to each his own. Hello, ma'am? Yes. What's your name? Anonymous. Okay, Anonymous. And what's your drug of choice? Um, I microdose on mushrooms every day. What is microdose on mushrooms? I take a piece of a mushroom every day, and it's called the penis plant. Mm. Now, see, I don't know if that's... I mean, listen, I'm not no expert, but I, to me, shrooms are plant-based medicine. You yeah. know, doing a, a micro dose of it every day, I think even some doctors prescribe that in some cases. I don't know yes. if that's the same as meth, cocaine, crack. Hell no. No, it's not. Well, how it's does not it make you feel? How does it make you feel when you take it? It's also not addictive. Focus. It keeps you it focused. Keeps me focused. I, I work from home and it keeps me focused. I can put things in perspective. Okay. Keep me right. All right. How okay. often throughout the day do you hear dun 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 you said you do it. You said you do it every day. So what happens if you don't do it? Like I can't keep you know, I guess I got a little OCD or, okay. you know, I just can't stay focused, so. You feel like little know. Mario. I guess. <laughs> All right, you thank, thank you, Mario. You don't feel like big Mario. Me. Hello, who's this? Paul from Brooklyn. Paul from Brooklyn, man. What's your drug of choice, bro? Heroin. Heroin. Whoa. Wow. How long have you been well, using heroin, and how often do you use it? Um, Every day. Started after I got back from Afghanistan. So, oh, you was in the, you was in the Army? Yeah. Brother, you need therapy, brother. You need therapy. You need to be sitting down with somebody trying to figure out what's going on with you, probably because you got trauma from the war, rightfully so. D drugs ain't the answer. You're preaching to the choir, man. I completely agree. I actually had a doctor tell me time that if, if people could use heroin without all the consequences, all the social consequences that come with oh, your, your phone breaking up bro you, I can't we, you, you're going out what you, 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 you said you spoke to a doctor and he said that if people could use heroin without being judged was that what you were saying brother the social and economic consequences like 90% of the population would do it really well you know heroin did used to be legal until 1924 I've never seen any functioning heroin users 
The heroin users I know are the people with the needles in their arms and they, you know, not even awake 90% of the time. Like, I don't even know how you can be a functioning heroin addict. Well, I don't use like, it. you know, the aspirin Bayer, that used, it used to be called heroin until they changed the name. Really? But it was, mm-hmm. was it heroin in it? Yeah. And they, they actually used to put it in um, cough medicine and everything. Do you have a job, sir? Uh, yes, I do. Where do you work? I don't know. A garbage truck. Do you want help, sir? I, I've been in and out of treatment several times. But what what people fail to understand is that when you go through something, I do, I do need, I know I need therapy, but it's about uh, finances and time. But if you go through a traumatic experience like I've been through and then grow up the way I grew up, you know, I grew up in a rough city. Yeah. And so when you grow up that way, and then you find something that allows you to have peace and be able to function, it's hard to let that thing go, you know? And uh, you see it now, you see it now with a lot of young people that's hooked on uh, Percocets and stuff like, you know, they're not hooked on that stuff right. because they're partying, they're hooked on that stuff because they they're hurting on the inside. Yep, absolutely. Well, listen, absolutely. my brother, we're we, we gonna start like this. I'm gonna give you six months free uh, therapy courtesy of Talkspace. You know what I'm saying? RCA Records and Toby uh, are providing that. And, you know, we're going to get your phone number, man, and see if we can, you know, get you on the right path to get away from them drugs and actually, you know, get some more holistic type of healing. Because them drugs ain't going to do it for you, brother. I concur wholeheartedly, man. Well, you hold on, brother. Hold on, man. Hold get, on, get, right? get his information, Dan, Absolutely. and make sure he gets the talk space and all that. All right, that withdrawal process is no joke either. I'm sure I could imagine. What's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is we need Carl Hart on the goddamn show. Okay, Carl Hart actually reached out he to our producer, out. Eddie. We, do, we just saw the email. because when I, when I saw the story, I told Eddie, I said, check and see if you got an email from Carl Hart since he has this book out, Drug Use for Grownups, Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. Because I really want to have a conversation with Carl. Because maybe I'm missing something here. But, you know, I just don't see how telling people that, that, that heroin use is okay recreationally is is good for our society and our culture. I don't see how, but I'm open for the discussion. All right, now we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and since we're talking about therapy, let's talk about Lakeith Stanfield. Now, you know, there were some issues uh, with Charlemagne and Lakeith Stanfield, and he also talked about how he needed therapy after filming Judas and the Black Messiah. He needs it. He definitely needs it. That brother needs some healing. We're going to send Lakeith some healing energy this morning. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Because I don't want to... Hey. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I didn't realize there were so many people doing so much hard drugs and just going on about their regular everyday life. Like, yeah. Like, like, like people are it's really crazy. just out That's here That's why there's an opioid crisis. Us. Yeah, but I'm mm-hmm. saying people are really just out here high amongst us. Yeah. I mean, and it's scary because you don't know if these people are driving your kids to school every day. You don't know if they're teaching your kids. You don't uh, know if they're in the hospitals giving you shots and taking care of you. Carl Hart, professor. And the problem is that a lot of people that right. are buying drugs off the street, they don't even know what's in them. That is true, too. Yeah, I like to go shop where my drugs are organic. <laughs> I like going, organic. I like to, I like organic drugs. My goodness. <laughs> and shout to the brothers of uh, Earn Your Leisure, the Earn Your Leisure podcast. Yes, indeed. Rashad and Troy. I'm going to go. Uh, Season and I are actually going to jump on their podcast later on today. They reached out. So uh, love what they're doing. Uh, they just talk every aspect of financial freedom, not just real estate, not just stocks and bonds. Just try to give people options of what they can do to make money and to be entrepreneurs. So. We're going to talk to him today two, two, about uh, some real estate stuff that we Two doing. of the most um, necessary voices that we have in our culture. And they actually hit number one 
yeah. uh, on the business charts, which is big because, you know, the business charts on Apple uh, and podcasting are always dominated by white people. Though. What's that mm-hmm. dude named Ramsey? Dave Ramsey? Gordon Ramsey? I don't yes. remember. Mm-hmm. One of the Ramseys. <laughs> He's always number one. But uh, Earn Your Leisure hit number one this weekend. So salute to, the, salute to Rashad and Troy and make sure you check out the Earn Your Leisure podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network available wherever you listen to podcasts. Right. And you know what I've been having fun with? I've been trading stocks on this app called Public, but I really like it because it's like a Twitter feed inside of it. So there's all these like financial experts and, and regular people just talking about what stocks they bought and why and like all this great information and articles. Even this morning before I got on here, I was buying some stocks in the real real. Okay. But it's good because if you're not really that good at it, you're trying to learn. It gives you like a lot of information and then people are telling you what they're doing and you can converse with other people about what they bought and why. And it's been it's actually really fun. That's why financial literacy is so important. Mm-hmm. That's why what, what Earn Your Leisure is doing is so important. Yep. Financial literacy is, is the key. Love what they're doing. And don't forget next hour, Bradley Beal will be joining us talking about uh, a new uh, app that he's doing. So we'll the, kick with Bradley Beal. The highest uh, scoring player in the league. Mm-hmm. I think he still leads the league in scoring. Yeah, if we'll, I'm not mistaken. We'll chop it up with him next hour. Now we got rumors on the way. Yes, Kim Kardashian has officially filed for divorce from Kanye West. We knew this was coming, so we'll tell you about it because, you know, there is a prenup. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Nick Cannon is back on the air. You know, he had a lot of controversy after some anti-Semitic comments, and he has since apologized. He also uh, had lost his relationship with Viacom CBS, but they have also renewed his Nick Cannon's while out and refreshed that situation. So it looks like everything has fallen back into place. This all happened June 30th on that episode of his podcast, Cannon's Class. So now everything's coming back together for him. No dropping the clues bombs from Nick Cannon. Drop the goddamn bomb, Drum. Uh, computers just went you down. You just be hating. Oh you goodness. just hating on Nick Cannon. Drop. Salute to my guy, Nick Cannon, man. Yeah, shout I'm glad to, to see Nick back in position. Yeah, Salute me to too. Nick. All right, and Kim Kardashian has filed for divorce from Kanye West. We all knew this was coming. <laughs> you dropped a bomb, bomb for that? Exactly. No, it, right wasn't no, it wasn't drama. We, we all knew you, drama. Oh, my gosh. Okay, right. You've been really acting funny all morning. Word. Okay. You guys. Don't want to salute the black well, man getting put back in position, but the black man that got a divorce, you drop a bomb for it. I don't like this narrative that you guys are putting out. It's the truth. It's it. no narrative. It's the truth. Wow, All right, well, Kanye and Kim were married for almost seven years, but they're saying the divorce is very amicable. There's a prenup. Neither party is contesting that prenup, and they were already pretty far along in reaching a property settlement agreement. So listen, so, you, do the um, Kardashians email you directly when you report this kind of <laughs> stuff, or is it you, you getting this from secondhand sources? Uh, these are, of course, secondhand sources, but okay. you know. We know. I don't feel like Kanye's making any comments. Feels like this is all coming from Kardashian the Kardashian-Jenner side. side. Mm-hmm. And the reason we can say this with the utmost confidence because we've all been in radio for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we all remember the days when uh, the Kardashians were feeding outlets like Media Takeout and everybody else. Because people forget mm-hmm. Kim broke, Kim broke uh, amongst the blacks first. She broke with us. She was Come on King Magazine. Mm-hmm. and She was all on Media Takeout before you know she got embraced by the mainstream. I guess. 
whatever. All right, now Lakeith Stanfield has revealed he went to therapy to help manage panic attacks that he had experienced while filming Judas and the Black Messiah. Of course, he portrays FBI informant William O'Neill in that movie. He said he found playing the role of bad guy so mentally and physically taxing that he actually ended up seeking help. He told Level uh, in the scene where he had to poison Fred Hampton, he said a lot of it didn't end up making it to the final cut, but we shot me mixing it in Kool-Aid and I had to go through all those emotions. And so he said with somebody like uh, Daniel, who I, who I just respect as a human and an artist as Fred Hampton, it felt like I was actually poisoning Chairman Fred Hampton. And so if you recall, when Daniel Kaluuya was on The Breakfast Club, uh, Charlemagne and Daniel were talking about Lakeith Stanfield and this happened. Did you find yourself looking at Lakeith uh, differently after the way he played this role? Because he did it too well. Yo, you Lakeith still got beef. You Lakeith still got beef, Charlemagne. That was it. <laughs> I, 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 I never had an issue with him. I do feel like he was born to play this role, though. We're not having that. We're not having that. We're not having that. Where is yet in this film? He makes the biggest sacrifice because in order to show you what Chairman Fred is, you have to show him what he isn't. In, you can't see the light without the dark. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And he served that, and he put himself in the light. He, that's not his politics at all. And it was really tough on him on certain days. I mean, he was really going through it. By the way, my initial question wasn't. Uh meant to be shady at all like i truly meant that the same way you would ask an actor was it hard to shake that character after you finished filming for the co-stars especially daniel who played the role of fred hampton and lakeith playing william o'neill who ultimately got oh. fred hampton killed did daniel find himself looking at dude sideways don't back down now ye. Backing, don't back down. down keep going ye. what happened next that wasn't that well, wasn't then LaKeith Stanfield the second part was post- definitely shady though <laughs> uh, that you felt like he was born to play this role? Yes, that was a jab. That was a little shade. That, was a, but it that was, definitely it was, it was, was a, a jab. It was a warranted jab, though. Because I have a piece of advice for Lakeith, and it's simple. Don't dish it if you can't take it, King. The brother has a bad habit of throwing rocks and hiding his hands. And this <laughs> yeah, is but he also talked example. about the mental trauma that he went through playing this role. So I'm sure well, that hit but, him differently we're not gonna at say that point. But let me, let's read. So he, po- he posted <laughs> that clip and he said, mm-hmm. this is what hoes do. Get sunned by the reality. Get off me, bro. You are lame. Daniel ain't an idiot. Leave me be, dog, and find somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then he also posted a video of himself and he's like... Um, bang, bang! He's he wa- won it! He's waving, a, of- he's, he's waving a gun at a picture of me. Call it what it is. He's waving a gun at a picture of me. But once again, this is yet another example of Lakeith being able to dish it, but can't, but he can't take it. Because he, he's made comments about the Breakfast Club and other black outlets being anti-black, being negative, reinforcing negative stereotypes of black people. That was back in 2019. I gave him donkey of the day for that and pointed out all the times he's gone on these white people's platforms and reinforced negative stereotypes of black people himself. I left it alone after that. Lakeith did a whole reply video. He did a diss song. He wow. put my face on the cover of the song and had me with the Sambo lips. Yep. I didn't respond to any of that. But I gave him a little jab during the interview with Daniel. Bang, bang. That's I, all I'm going to say is I, bang, bang. I owed him that. And that was light. He's but, owed him that. <laughs> but what Lakeith does, he gets online and he plays the victim. He makes it seem like I'm always coming at him. But he does that all the time. When he made comments about Kamala's hair last year and got backlash, he got online and said he can say what he wants and nobody's going to force him into well, not saying what he wants. All good. But if you're going to have that energy of saying what you want, don't play victim when people say something back. That's well, I'm, all. I'm scared. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm terrified. No, I'm frightened. I am. I am terrified. I see an individual that doesn't look like he's in the right mental space holding a weapon, a gun, and flashing it at uh, a computer screen. No, was that a doll in front of him? 
Forget the dog. He waved the gun in my picture. You waved the gun at this man's face. What you talking about? Listen, all jokes aside, though, all jokes aside, pray for that brother, Lakeith Stanfield. I want that brother to get the healing he deserves. He's clearly crying out for help, and he's been crying out for help for a long time. It's all fun and games, laughs and reposts until that brother hurts himself. So don't laugh well, with him. Pray I for ain't him. Laughing. He did. He did I'm publicly say that he has to go through therapy after playing that role. So I'm sure he has a lot going on. So Man, yes, Lakeith Stanfield, we are. Praying for your strength and that how that this time is true. Wonderful man, out. That is true. But once again, he loves the dish it, but he can't take it. Stop posting and deleting. Stop acting like you're the victim. If you're going to say what you want, deal with the repercussions. That's all. That's all. That's all I got to say about it. I'm all terrified. right. Well, that is I'm, your... I'm, I'm terrified of Lakeith. He's too tough for me. You on TikTok well, waving a gun in my picture. I don't want no problems with well, Lakeith. Well, that is your rumor report. <laughs> I'm scared. None, I'm, I'm None nervous. whatsoever. I'm 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 nervous. <gasps> All right, <laughs> stop it, man. Nah, for real, pray for that brother, man. Seriously. All right, that's nice of you. All right, now who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, we need Michael Abram to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a world with him, please. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Come on. You are. A donkey. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. Man. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the Donkey of the Day. They chose you. Yes. It's a breakfast club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Well, Donkey of the Day for Monday, February 22nd goes to Michael Abram. Who is Michael Abram? He is a professor at Oxnard College, and he has been placed on administrative leave for harshly criticizing a student. Now let the record show, uh, this story is exactly why Homer Simpson makes this noise. Yes, okay, this story is exactly why Homer Simpson backed away slowly into the bushes, okay? See, some of us just read rooms wrong. Some of us don't read the room at all. I would say Michael Abram didn't read the room at all because if he did, he would know his students a little better. See, Michael Abram was chastising one of his students badgering his student because he thought his student wasn't listening to him. He thought his student was ignoring him. He thought this student wasn't paying attention. He thought this student wasn't listening, but that was not the case. Let's go to ABC seven for the report, please. Professor at Oxnard College is suspended under investigation after TikTok videos appear to show him yelling at a student with hearing loss. Miss Salazar, I've been talking to you, Miss Salazar. Uh, I can hear you a little bit. You can hear me a little bit. Why didn't you answer all the times I answer? I spoke to you then. Have your counselor speak with me because you've got too much distraction to even understand what's going on. Yes, I do because my translator next to me explaining me everything that he's saying. Okay, just have them teach you the whole class. Dang. That makes sense to me. I don't know. I don't understand it, but uh, I see you laughing and smiling and giggling with somebody else. At one point, a fellow student steps in to help. She's actually hard of hearing, so her translator goes in a little bit. She can't respond, like, right away. She's not paying attention. She's not trying. That professor, Michael Abram, who has tenure at the school, has been placed on administrative leave pending an investigation. Want to get away? Yeah. <laughs> in case you don't understand, she's deaf. She can't hear you, Michael. Okay? 
This is worse than when you make a yo mama joke and the person tells you that their mama is dead. Mm -hmm. That ever happened to anybody in this room? Raise yes. your hand if that's ever happened. Mm -hmm. Lord have mercy. Look at all these problematic no. <laughs> individuals. <laughs> Me, envy, dramos. My God. <laughs> I don't think even Homer Simpson has done something this dumb. And Homer's been around for 30 years, and he's done a lot of dumb things. But what makes this even worse is even after the professor is told that the student has a translator and that the student is hard of hearing, he answers, she's not paying attention, she's not trying. This whole situation got me thinking, who really can't hear in this situation? Is it the student or the teacher? Because once the teacher heard that this student had a translator and was hard of hearing, the only thing that, sh that should have came after that was an apology. That's it. An apology and a whole lot of empathy. But no, that's not the way D-head momentum works. See, Dick Tracy had momentum is when a person can't stop themselves if they try. Even when they know they are wrong, they just keep pushing. All right? In fact, they double down, triple down, press the gas, throw more fuel on the Dick Van Dyke head fire, and that's what keeps the D-head momentum going. And then eventually, that D-head momentum causes whatever is propelling to crash and burn. Now, Michael Abram has been put on administrative leave, and if I was the boy, I would act like I couldn't hear him when he tries to get reinstated. Excuse me? Say what? You want to come back where? Huh? We can't hear you, Michael. But I hope you hear this. Please let Remy Ma give Michael Abram the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw! Hee-haw! You stupid motherfucker. You dumb. That's just cruel and unusual punishment, bro. Mm -hmm. Especially after you find out what the issue is with this person. And you keep pushing? Ugh. You're not going to play a game? You want to play a game? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's play a game then. Uh, let's play a game of Guess What Race It Is! Hey, hand me some of that tissue. I'm hot over here. God damn, why it's so hot in the room? Hand me that tissue. Hand me the Kleenex. Hand the, me the Kleenex. He's talking to you right there, the Kleenex. Where? It's right by you. He's pointing to it, bro. Anyway, uh, Michael Abram, a uh, professor at Oxnard College in California, uh, was on a Zoom, didn't realize his student was deaf. Guess What Race It Is! DJ NB. White. <laughs> Why you say white with such I, confidence? I can just say I, I, I hear it all in his attitude, all of the way that he's talking mm. and that he's speaking. Mm. Seems a little privileged, mm. so I'm going with white. Mm. Okay, okay. Angela Yee, Michael Abram, professor at Oxnard College in California, uh, was on a Zoom. Didn't realize his student was deaf. Guess what race he is? I'm gonna say Caucasian. Also, it just feels like. What 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 is it about it? Is it the arrogance? Yes. It feels like he needs some of that Coca-Cola training. No, the Coca-Cola training was amazing. <laughs> is it the arrogance? Is it the, the defensiveness? Is it the the ignorance? The fact he needed to be more humble? What was it that makes y'all say white with such confidence? Um, all of the above. A okay. B C. It's just like condescending. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. And well, DJ Envy, Angela Yee, guess what? You're both correct. Yes. Michael Abram is Caucasian. I knew it. I knew it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Now, when we come back, uh, Bradley Bill will be joining us. All right. He has a new Washington app. Wizards. Yep. He has Highest a new going app. to play in the league this year. And we're going to be talking about this new app. Uh, it's Bradley Bill and Sean Gunn. So we're going to talk to them both when we come back. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests on the line this morning. We have Bradley Beal and Sean Gunn. Welcome, fellas. Morning. Thank you. 
Now, y'all here today to talk to us about an a, a initiative called Play. What, what is Play? Play with two L's. Play is a uh, platform we've created that allows for 1v1 wagering on video games. And we built some proprietary technology that makes it super seamless and easy for gamers that make money off of their, their skill levels. Part of that initiative is we wanted to open up the early investment opportunity to not just gamers, but people in the Latinx and African-American community to have access to a high-valued, high-potential tech company. And so we opened a crowdsourcing campaign that allows for that. Brad's early investor in the platform. He saw the, the vision uh, over a year ago, and um, um, we're here today to talk about that. So it's a betting organization. Wagering, monetization. Wagering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. we, like that. we like that better. Yeah, exactly. Is that even legal? Can you do that, Brad? I mean, if they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, so as Brad knows, we spend a lot of money on a lot of lawyers, but uh, the, the short story is um, under the skill-based wagering laws in the U.S., um, federally, that is that is uh, possible for uh, players to wager on their own skill level as long as they're playing. So you can't bet on someone else's match that you're not participating in. But there is a small set of states that have taken their own position. So we don't operate in every state. There's a subset of about 10 states that we don't operate in. Most Wait, of the country is available to so us. So you could bet on yourself and really? So, so you and I, Envy, we and I, you and I could play Call of Duty on our platform um, and, and wager 20 bucks. Uh, for instance, and uh, at the end of the match, we escrow that fund, we'll unlock it. Our AI watches the match uh, by using Twitch and YouTube and other platforms. Uh, and so we make it super easy for you to kind of play with fiat currency or real cash and win, win that money in within seconds. Now, what's the most can it, it can go? Because this is great, especially for, for kids. Well, I ain't going to say for kids, but people that play Not kids. NBA 2K or play football. Like, this is great. What's the highest you can go? Is there a limit? Is there a cap? Yeah, so we put a self cap of about $500 per hand or per match, if you will, right? Over time, as we get more data, we'll lift that cap or have a high value kind of VIP uh, section, if you will. You bring up a good point, though. I want to mention, you know, because of those skill-based wagering laws, you need to be 18 to participate. And so we have age verification, ID verification belt baked into the platform so we can kind of keep minors out. Uh, Mr. Bill. Uh, averaging 33.1 points a game this year. What, what made you um, want to get involved in, in this pl in play? For one, because one, Sean's, Sean's a black, black, black entrepreneur. That's first and foremost. And two, it was a promising like concept that hasn't touched the face of the market yet. Like, mm -hmm. so for me, you know, it's always big to be able to get, get ahead of something. So this is a startup essentially. And Sean, I had, we met through, uh, a mutual friend but basically when they gave me the pitch like i'm i take a business like approach so if you have a legit business plan you know how we can put the money in who else is involved but i even went a little bit further than that and just did a background on sean did a background on christine and just seen what they what they've done in the past sean's worked with navtech nokia you know he's been there before ck has worked with FanDuel, so she understands the the wagering industry a little bit too so you put them together they have a good basis a good foundation for an app or a startup so for me um you know i love video games like everybody else in the world and i love to to wager too so i love casinos i love betting uh granted we can't bet on sport i don't bet on sports i leave that alone but as a kid you know and as a young man growing up in the world it's like okay what's something hip that's really cool that nobody else has and, you know, what 
can we bring to the market that everybody can feed off of? Like coronavirus just hit. This is picture perfect. All we were doing was sitting in the house, jacked up playing video games. Mm -hmm. You know, so now it's like, okay, how can we make that even more fun? Now you put your money where your mouth is. And the whole concept of everything is what really just ultimately lured me in. And honestly, it was kind of a, a risk, big risk factor in everything because it being an early startup, you know, there's envy. You're an investor yourself, so you understand, okay, there's a possibility it may fail, there's a possibility it may take off, but that was a risk I was willing to take in this opportunity. I got a question, you know, with two questions, actually. One, what's the percentage that the app gets? Because they're, they're actually paying, like, you're playing on a lot, like, the, the app is a lawyer. Like, they're holding the money in escrow and then releasing <laughs> it. So what's the percentage that the app gets? And is there anything to, let's say, let's say Bradley's been playing NBA 2K for 10 years. Now, I'm a new kid. You don't, you don't see face-to-face. -face, and this new kid bets and has no idea. Is there tears to what you can play and what you can't play? Yeah. So a couple things on the percentage, we, we take a different approach. We think that um, users should win the entire pot. And so we created, uh, won't get into the full details, but a, a play token. And you buy play tokens as your entry fee to, to the match. And so that way we keep the revenue pot clean. So when you and I bet $20 into that match, like other platforms you've seen across sports wagering, they'll take you know, 10, 15% of that. We give you that entire pot. So that's a big advantage to, to the users. On the skill level, the AI we've created, the tech we've created is, is ingesting or, or collecting how well you play certain games and also how much you wager. What is your kind of wager habits, right? And so over time, you'll see us create skill tiers and pot tiers, if you will, so that, you know, Envy, you won't take all my money in, you know, NBA 2K because you you play that all the time and you're, you're a big whale in that sport, right? And so we have different verticals of those sports. So the day we have NBA 2K, Madden Football, Call of Duty, Fortnite, and FIFA Soccer. And we'll release more and more games uh, across the year. All right, when we come back, we got more with Bradley Beal and Sean Gunn. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Bradley Beal and his partner, Sean Gunn. Charlamagne? Some people would say, why even invest, Bradley? You got you got a guaranteed $127 million <laughs> coming to you over the next few years. Why even invest? Just save your money. Brad, he's a bird, by the way. I don't know if you know that. He's a bird. He's all in your pockets. He's a bird. But go ahead. Like, hey, no, it's all good. My pops told me not to count another man, you know, count another man money. But for me, you know, everybody sees the 120, but they don't realize half of that's taken. Taxes. Yep. You know, half of that's taken. So. What I said earlier, black people, we don't have that generational wealth. You know, my family damn sure didn't have it. Mm -hmm. So I have an opportunity now to rack up on my contracts. Granted, I have to play at an extremely high level to do so. But that's an opportunity, okay, for me to take that money and apply it for life after basketball. I have two beautiful young boys, a wife, and now I have to think about them. Think about, okay, how can I make sure that my kids don't have to go to college mm -hmm. or that their college is already paid for, you know? And so... It's it's being able to create that that foundation, that basis, and that discipline because as athletes, black athletes, everybody says, oh, they don't know how to take care of their money. They spend it on dumb stuff. Uh, they don't know how to invest, bad investments. You know, so it's a it's a learning experience. It's education. You know, for me, I I just take the time. I get on Google. I, I educate myself. I'm going back to school this summer. You know, it's you have to be able to do the dirty work. You got to be able to get your you know get your mind into it and be able to learn these things because it will pass you up. And you what know, you, your what, money. What are you majoring in when you go back to college? I'm just curious. Being in the business of basketball, being in this world where, you know, everything is about money and investing. 
I've learned that, okay, I have to get a business major. So I'll probably major in business administration, uh, finish out at the University of Florida. But it's, it's, it's being able to create that foundation, that basis, and understanding I have, an, I have an opportunity to be able to create so much money for not only myself but my family and impact a lot of lives around me too. Yeah, I don't see you going back to college after this season. The way <laughs> the way you carrying the Wizards on your back this season, you're going to be tired. You ain't going back to school this summer. You need a vacation. I don't and we can take one class at a time. One at a time. How can you identify startup companies worth investing in during the early stages? Because, you know, when you when you got a base salary of, of $28 million, you're going to make this year. I know people come at you all the time. <laughs> right. so how do you bird, know Bradley, what's worth? Guys bird. There you go. There you go again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it, like I said earlier, it's a risk. But granted, I'm, I know I'm, I understand I'm in a different position than a lot of other, you know, black people and people who may be considering investing. And but at the same time, you know, I put in what I think is a good amount that can help the group, but I also think I can make a solid return on. You know, so I'm not going to just come in and just, oh, man, I'm falling in love with your idea. Here's three million dollars. Like, I don't invest like that. Like, granted, I run it through a team. I study it. I look at, okay, what is your competition on the market? Is there anything else that's going to be created like this? You know, what is the your future projections? Like, what do you look like as a company? Do you plan on selling down the road? Like, I ask a million questions before I get involved. And so, you know, when they give you your pitch deck, you know, you go through the deck. It's easy to just fall in love with something, but it has to be a gut feel. And for me, it was also something that I was interested in. You know, I don't just invest in something that I have absolutely no interest in or, you know, just because somebody or Uncle Joe says, oh, this is the new hottest thing, uh, you know, throw some money into this. You know, you can't you can't operate like that. And I think that's where a lot of us, you know, as athletes and celebrities get our get our bad names and bad investments because we don't necessarily educate ourselves, you know, or the amount of money that we throw into it is too much, you know, or not the right amount to where, you know, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot on the back end. What what, what sports games going to be included in play? So uh, today it's uh, NBA 2K, Madden football, FIFA soccer, right? Those are some of the biggest video game sports based uh, titles on the planet. Um, and then there's many more, right? There's racing games, right, that are taking up huge popularity, uh, in particular in Europe as we move international. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll look at others. Um, UFC, you know, boxing, all those things are at our, our capabilities. And we can spin up a new game with our technology within a week to two weeks. So it's really easy for us to kind of create that new opportunity. Well, well Mr. Bill, what team do you like to play with on NBA 2K1? Oh, man. If it ain't number three with the Wizards, man, I am not playing that game. So you okay? I have to play. I have to use myself. You, I have okay, to use okay. myself. I, it feels weird using somebody else. Oh, well, the well, Brooklyn you, Nets or, or the Lakers? Selfishly. selfishly. I'm selfish. Have you, you guys any other, other NBA player, they're going to say myself. Have you ever traded yourself? We dreamed about being on video games. Have you ever traded yourself on the game? And if so, <laughs> what team did you go to? What, hey, go, <laughs> what team did you put yourself on, Bradley? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think you, I, I think you, I, I think you would be a good fit on the Warriors on Two K One. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people would like that. Oh man, you're trying to get me hung up right here. 
<laughs> no, they, I mean, oh, listen, man. I'm respecting the wishes. They they told us not to ask about any potential NBA trade, so I'm going to respect that's, that. I'm just asking about <laughs> video games. But if you were playing a video game and that's had to trade, a video game, game, what would I do? Oh, Get back no. doing I think it. <laughs> it'll be, be open market. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to the highest bidder at that point. Okay. If we're on a video game, we're going to the highest bidder. Okay, okay. Right. you know, you know, I, I, it seems like on paper the Wizards should have a squad. Though. Like, like, what's the problem? You think? Why haven't the Wizards been successful so far this season? Uh, oh man, it's consistency. You know, being with with any job you do, you know, you put the work in, and you got to believe in your craft. And at the same time, you know, you got to practice good habits over and over and over again. You know, and we're doing that. We COVID kind of hit us early on, so we had a lot. We had like seven of our players that had it, so we didn't have half of our team. Uh, granted, there's no excuse in this league, but mm-hmm. we just couldn't get our our continuity and our our consistency together. And granted, we just came off two good wins, so we're showing signs of it. And you know, I think in order to be a good team, great team, you know, it's that consistency to do the same thing over and over again. Don't get bored with success. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. Mark. Take a lot to not take a lot to not make me happy. Granted, everybody wants to win, mm-hmm. but winning in this league is hard, you know. And like you know, the cliche saying, "Grass isn't always green on the other side," but there are opportunities. You never know. Um, so I just love to grind it out through adverse times. But granted, I understand that my career doesn't last forever. I understand my prime doesn't last forever. So I keep everything in mind in this short sight for sure. Do you want to stay? Yeah, yeah, but ultimately I want to win. Got you know? you. So, I, like I said before, I keep everything short-sighted. You know, I, I definitely, you know, understand the position we were in, the moves we made in the off-season, and you know, you you just keep every. Washington Wizards just cut him off. See that? Damn, Sean, who cut who cut him off, Sean? Washington Wizards. I was asking too many NBA questions. There you go. NBA <laughs> yeah, you, you were warned, Charlamagne. <laughs> Damn it, man! <laughs> we got cut off. Well, how well, do they? How, how how do we get involved with play, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. So, if you want to just game and download the app, you can find us on the iOS store. You can go to our IG page. It's p l l a y dot m e. Um, and if you want to invest, we have a crowdfunding campaign. We think it's important for uh, our folks in our community to get some access to those dollars. You can go to p l l a y m e dot com. And uh, we'll walk you through the whole process with our partner, Michael Ventures. Bradley, we were just saying goodbye. We figured the NBA cut you off. You told you was going too deep in it. Yeah, I think they heard me. I think they had me tap. (laughs) They heard me tap. Might be some tampering. Well, Bradley Beal, Sean Gunn, we appreciate you brothers for checking in. We appreciate it, brothers. Thank you. Let me tell you something. You you do not have a $128 million Wi-Fi, Brad. That is a fact. Hey, <laughs> I'm done with you, dog. You don't let me live. It's too early for this. Hey, y'all be cool, man. Y'all Peace. be safe. Thanks, guys. Be blessed. Hey, happy Monday. Happy Monday morning, everybody. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Bobby Schmurder. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Club. So listen up. 
Well, according to reports, Bobby Schmurder is supposed to be released tomorrow. Hey. So his mom, Leslie Pollard, told TMZ that once he's released from prison, he'll enjoy an intimate dinner with his family. And she said she is counting down the hours until her son is released. He's been locked up since 2014. And his conditional release was bumped up to February 23rd tomorrow. That's 10 months early. They also said he will be on parole until 2026. I can't wait to see what, uh, you know, Bobby Smurda, Roddy Rebel, the whole GS9 do now musically. Yeah, they're saying that uh, he came home this morning, that he was released this morning. So I don't know if that's true or not. I saw a video he posted uh, kind of alluding to the fact that six hours ago. Yeah, that he might have been home. I don't know. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Jay-Z and LVMH, which is Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, are joining forces. And that is for Champagne. They're taking a 50% stake in Armand de Bernanke, which is Ace of Spades. And mm. here is Jay-Z on CNBC. Why Moet? You know, they just was aligned in our thinking and thoughts and, um, you know, the way they care about products and creating products. You know, when we built Armand from the ground up. You know, we wanted to do things right. Integrity of it had to be right. So, you know, when we build luxury products, whether it be from Rock Nation to Monogram to whatever we build, we build in luxury products and um, more Hennessy goes about it the same way. So we were aligned in our, in our thoughts of integrity and passion for the things that we build. Dropping the clues bonds with Sir Carter from Brooklyn. Big business, big partnership. Hove owned 100% of Ace of Spades, sold 50%, the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, champagne, wine, and spirit houses. So not only did he get a big bag, he still has 50% ownership. And that partnership with Moet Hennessy is going to make Ace of Spades even bigger and way more profitable. Yeah, shout yeah, out to Hope. That's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, LVMH <laughs> is the world's biggest producer of champagne. Yeah, so, yes. That's a big, big deal. Sean Carter is one of my heroes. The man inspires me Absolutely. a whole lot. Absolutely. All right. Now, the baby people were having issues with his beatbox freestyle and they didn't like him mentioning Jojo Siwa. But we're going to explain it. Listen to this. Don't want to get me started. Again. Turn me up. Again. Don't see why we get a bitch. Jojo Siwa. Bitch. Let the wrong get rich. So people thought that he was calling her a bitch and he posted my three year old princess is your number one fan. I bought her every product you have out. She thinks she thinks she you don't let him trick you into thinking I'd ever have a problem with you. My wordplay just went over their heads. So it was just some uh, wordplay with that. Mm-hmm. Jojo CY. Okay. <laughs> and then they're saying his name is Jonathan Jojo and then CY with CY CY. I don't see why they so mad either. Hey, listen, All man, right. I'm, I'm with it. They're going to start policing rappers for calling women bitches now? Well, he didn't call her a bitch. He's playing. I know he, he didn't, wasn't. but I'm just saying. It's been, it's been a million times rappers have asked, 